The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or a square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling Feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to Extra Point. Take it. Gio Capata here, joined by Ben Solak. Week 15, no more by 16 games. We had the Raiders hanging 63 on the Chargers last night. We get three games on Saturday, 11 on Sunday. Eagles, Seahawks, Monday night. Benny Souls, how long did you hang? You hung in there probably till the end because I know you had oh, props on that as game. As a Quentin Johnston anytime touchdown scorer better. <laughs> I loved it in that game. I was, I, was, I was dialed in all the way through. Got, got the rookie activated. Couldn't get his receiving yards over, but got the, uh, got the touchdown. Sheila, if you could eliminate from the national memory mm. one take of yours over the last like five years of football, do you have, like, is there one that comes to mind? Because for oh, me, without okay. question, I would eliminate my Brandon Staley faith from 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 everyone's memory, from all podcasts, any articles. When he got the job, I was like, "Guys, changing defense, revolutionary. This guy's gonna be him and Justin Herbert, perfect pairing." Like, I all of it, I would get it out of the world, and so no one could ever find it. That would be mine. I don't know if you have one, but uh, I'm 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 so harrowed to have been associated with what we saw last night. Terrifying stuff. Yeah, mine would easily be that I think this was within the last five years, right? Yeah, uh, Eagles were justified in uh, Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. That one has not, you know, Jalen Rager was the right pick over Justin Jefferson. That one, I would like to just, I, I, I don't even, I, I feel bad saying it. I thought maybe some people forgot about it, but yeah, that would be mine. Listen, it's a, it's a good reminder that when new coaches come in and their first years and press conferences and you like what they're saying and, uh, Maybe don't get duped, but uh, at the same time, you know what? We talk into a mic a lot of minutes every week, and so we give our takes. Yeah. At that moment in time, I think it's okay to have horrible takes sometimes, and then you come back five years later, and you make fun of yourself. That's all right. That's it was part of never it was never the like the press conferences for me. It was always like, like film-wise, I was like, this guy's just yeah. doing it. it coached and, a great Rams defense before. Yeah, and, and the lesson there is just if the guy coaches the team with Jalen Ramsey and, and Aaron Donald, the next team he coaches is just probably going to be a little bit worse. Like, even, oh, Joey Boza, Khalil Mack, oh, Derwin James. Nope, it's still, it's just, it's just not going to be as good. You know what? It, 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 
it really is hard when a coach or even like 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 when something is surrounded by talent, it's kind of like part of the Brock Purdy discussion. Now, those are kind of the hardest uh, pieces of analysis, in my opinion, because you're like, oh, look at the you know, look at the situation. Is it the guy? Is it the pieces around him? That kind of thing. And you could be right or wrong either way. So you just got to you know, look at it, go with what you feel, be honest. And go from there. All right, that's enough. I know. Listen, everyone's piling on uh, Brandon Staley last night, this morning. I understand. It's probably, you know, yeah. when you give up 63 to a team that got shut out the week before, you probably deserve it. I, I, we're we're going to have a lot of time to talk about what that organization should do, where they're going to go from here. Uh, I don't think we need to spend much more time on while, it. Uh, while you were asleep and I was faithfully watching Thursday Night Football, I had a, a <laughs> that someone, send true. Me on, someone send me on Twitter. <laughs> maybe, maybe an expat. I don't know. But they sent me on Twitter a tweet from some person I didn't know uh, that just read, the only nice thing about the Brandon Staley era on Twitter is now we know what it looks like if Ben Solak were to coach an NFL team. <laughs> and that was a banger, dude. I thought no, that was so funny. So that, I, had a, I had a good evening with that one. That one made me happy. <laughs> I did see you retweet that one. That one was uh, that one was good. Shout out to whoever <laughs> put that one. tweet out. All right. We're talking week 15. We're going to have our locks. We're going to have our props. We're going to have our long shots. We're going to have an update on the contest. But as always, we start with the headliners. What do we got, Solak? What game, what player, what matchup has your attention as we look ahead to this weekend slate? Yeah, there's a couple of them, but for me, it, it's Cowboys Bills. I think this is the this is the game me that interests me, interests me the most. Yeah, and and I think we can get some thoughts on Ravens Jaguars, thoughts on Eagles Seahawks, uh, uh, Broncos Lions. There's some important games this week for sure. Uh, Bills Cowboys actually really interesting to me. I didn't realize this when I was uh, before I was I was I was starting to prep for the game. Uh, since week six, right? We're going since week six. Obviously, there's been a lot of changes for the Bills, but in particular, I'm I'm in the post Matt Milano world here. That's why I kind of picked picked that number. Since week six, by offensive success rate, Cowboys are second in the league. Bills are third in the league. By defensive success rate, Shion, this is the one that really surprised me. Cowboys are 17th in the league. Bills are 18th. Hmm. Over, uh, over a recent stretch of time, oh, it feels like these two things, two teams might be. Uh, a, a little bit similar. And then you go and you, you get actually into the nitty gritty of that defensive success rate. The Cowboys are bad against the run. The Bills are bad against the pass. Since week six, no Tredavious White, no Matt Milano. This Bills defense is fifth worst in the league right now in pass rate surrendered defensively. This is one of the weakest pass defensive units we have. Now they've traded for Rasul Douglas. Uh, uh, over that time, they've got a little bit healthier along the defensive line. Like Vaughn Miller's playing more snaps for them. And so theoretically, like they might be improving uh, defensively. We look at look at their, the way they, they they defend the pass. I don't watch it and see that. I see a team that's really 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 reliable in the passing game, and they're playing out at home, seven and six, backs against the wall. AFC wild card race doors cracked open. It's not shut. There's some light coming through, but it's certainly not not wide open for them. And they get like a a red hot Dallas Cowboys team that is trying to keep pace over the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East. Remember. Despite the fact that the Cowboys beat the Eagles, the Eagles retain control over the NFC East. If the Eagles win out, the Eagles win the division. So the Cowboys cannot drop a game, right? They need to stay pace for pace. Um, so this is, you, you, you expected a really impassioned Bills performance against the Chiefs. I think you got that. But now you go up against a Dallas team that has actual legitimate offensive firepower, that has a, a, a passing attack that can put it on you through CeeDee Lamb, through Jake Ferguson, through Brandon Cooks to the back, like they have a variety of weapons. Like I thought it was going to be a big CD lamb game against the Eagles. They didn't even need CD and they still put 30 points up, right? Like this is a fully fledged unit. There's an MVP candidate in Dak Prescott. 
and they need their MVP candidate and, jo- and, and Josh Allen to be able to go toe for toe for him because defensively, I don't see how they get any stops. So this is a game where I think the Bills are going to give up a ton of points and you're going to see a ton of points scored. And it's going to be about the Bills and Joe Brady, what he's done new for this offense. Khalil Shakir, Dalton Kincaid, James Cook, who had a great game. Some of these young guys that have emerged with those offense, it's about them keeping pace with what Dallas can do offensively. Yeah, if you look at the nerd numbers, it's about all the heavyweights. If you look at the records, you wouldn't say that because the Bills, like you mentioned, are still fighting for their playoff lives. But there are five teams in the NFL with a point differential of plus 100 or better, and two of them are playing in this game. I think your point about the Cowboys is a good one. Like right now, if you go to you know ESPN standings, you will see them in first place. But to your point, if both they and the Eagles win out, the Eagles get that our first place in the NFC East, meaning the Cowboys would drop down all the way to five uh, and you would have to play on the road in the first round. And I think that's a big deal. This Cowboys team at home, now it's it's always a small sample with football, so I don't want to get carried away, but they are are seven and zero with a plus 171 point differential at home. I, I looked this up this morning. The best home point differential of any team in the last 10 years. Now, they have one game remaining, so if they lose to the Lions, they might not be. But as of this moment, if they win that game, it's going to be the best home point differential for any team in the last 10 years. So if they can get up there, that two seed, I mean, even if they don't get the one seed and the Niners take that, if you get that two seed, now you're talking about two home playoff games and then just one on the road in the NFC Championship. So uh, while it might not feel like, oh, you know, the Cowboys like really need this game, like, no, no, this this is a big deal for them uh, to get that two seed to win the NFC East. So you've got that with Dallas. And then you mentioned it with Buffalo. They're all the way up, Ben, to 49%, according to the New York Times uh, playoff simulator, because last week, Everything went their way, not only them beating the Chiefs, but everything else in the AFC uh, went their way. So they're all the way up to 49% here. And this is actually interesting. If they, even if they lose this game and win their last three, they have an 83% chance of getting in. So it was like they either needed to beat the Chiefs or beat the Cowboys. Now, having said that, obviously, you want to increase your margin for error down the stretch, and you want to win this game. And more importantly, as you, Ben Solek, pointed out on Monday, which I didn't realize... The division is in play. You, you look at like the range of outcomes for this Bills team. They can finish two, three, four, five, six, seven, or out of the playoffs. All of those things are still in play as we enter the final month of the season. So uh, you mentioned it with the run defense with the Cowboys. I think that's a big thing to watch in this game because they lost Jonathan Hankins. I think he's out for this game. Their first yes. round pick, Mozzie Smith, has not played well for them this season. They've already been a little vulnerable uh, against the run. And that Bills rushing attack, I don't think people realize, sixth in rushing DVOA. When they want to run, the, when they run the football, they have been very efficient this year with James Cook. So that, to me, is a matchup to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I think that the efficiency of that running game, like, uh, I... I I acknowledge that the offense feels better now that Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator. That's like a real sensation for Bills fans. I don't want to be like, look, EPA, you're wrong. Because that's, that's all we did during the Ken uh, Dorsey that's era. That's kind of how I feel. And, all right, it's very <laughs> tempting. But I understand why that's a frustrating thing for, to hear for Bills fans. Because watching yes. it, it just feels better right now. That's true. The thing, the thing that I think is an inarguable and clear improvement from the Brian Dable era into the Ken Dorsey era, and that which remains true now that Joe Brady's the OC, that's Ken Dorsey's lasting impact on the offense, 
is the way that the handoff game is just better. Just the, the true run game is better. They're more willing to go under center. Their offensive line plays better. It's the second year under new offensive line coach Aaron Cromer, who was brought in from the Ram system. You're starting to see that actually bear some fruit as I think this offensive line. Like Deion Dawkins is playing some career caliber ball at left tackle. Mitch Morse, who I've, I've got my issues with Mitch Morse. Mitch Morse is playing, I think, better ball than he has over the last couple of years. You're see, you've seen improved play for this Bills offensive line. And then James Cook. Uh, is James Cook like, an elite back, and like this is the third time the Bills drafted a guy on day two. Is he like, you know, home run? No, but I think like finally they've got what they were looking for in Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Like they can actually trust this guy in all three downs. They can trust him to have a lion's share uh, of the touches. Uh, so design-wise, offensive line play-wise, and the investment-wise, this running game like actually has some teeth to it. And that's very meaningful. It doesn't feel like it should be because, oh, Josh Allen, whatever. But they can stay ahead of the sticks a lot more reliably. And when they do that, Josh is less prone to the dumbest interception you've ever seen. Still up there, still very possible, but less prone to doing so. James Cook in the passing game, too, doing fun stuff with him. Each of the last two weeks, he dropped one against the Eagles before the bye, but then they hit him last week uh, against the Chiefs. So, yeah, they, they're, they are looking good. They got a shot here. Who knows? Super Bowl preview? Who knows? You could, you could have that take. I wouldn't, you know. Throw you, throw, you out the, uh, throw you out the door if you had that take. So this is going to be a fun one. Uh, certainly Dak Prescott now plus 150 to win MVP. Yeah, I mean, he's got some big-time matchups here. Uh, if there's another one here, if he lights up the Bills on the road, obviously those odds are only going to increase. Josh Allen is plus 1,400. If they run the table, if he puts the Bills on That's his back, probably can't get there. But listen, still on my I- radar. I, as a, as a preseason better on Dak Prescott for MVP, as an in-season better on Josh Allen for MVP, the only thing that doesn't work for me in this game is three to nothing. I, would, I, need, I need a quarterback to have a good performance in a win. And either way, we're coming out on top. Who don't you have something on for MVP? I have Dak, Lamar, Allen, which I'm very proud of over the course of this season. Okay. I also have Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> which is not as good this year uh, uh, to have. But those are, those are the five that I have, I have uh, exposure on. I was very close okay. to taking Tyreek Hill, but I have a lot of Tyreek Hill Offensive Player of the Year. So I need him to just continue doing fine, but not amazing. There you go. All right. Those are the... I had the same headliner. So like you said, we'll talk about some other games here throughout the show, but uh, that is the one I am most looking forward to this weekend. All right. Monday morning storyline. What do you got, Benjamin? What are we talking about uh, Monday morning after week 15? Yeah, uh, Monday morning storyline, something that I definitely brought the uh, script up for the uh, State Farm reading, so I'm ready to have it. I'm prepared for it, and I know what Slack message it's Want me to start? How about I start my Monday morning storyline, because it actually goes off of what we just talked about. I think that the nation is going to start adopting uh, the take that Benny Souls had on Monday night, that, hey, are we sure Lamar Jackson isn't the MVP? I think that campaign... Could pick up some steam here because we've got a Sunday night fun game. Ravens go to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've said it a million times. Most seasons, not mo- almost every season, the MVP goes to the quarterback of the one or the two seed. Uh, right now, Ravens, if they have a win here, they will be 11-3. and three. They will have at least a two-game lead on everyone except for maybe the Miami Dolphins if the Dolphins win this weekend. And beat the Jets. So if you just look at it in very simple terms in the AFC, Lamar Jackson has a great shot. If you go to the NFC, 
It could be Brock Purdy. It could be Dak Prescott. Those are the quarterbacks. Uh, if you think if they think the Eagles are going to have a strong month with Jalen Hurts, it could be Jalen Hurts. They could still be the one uh, or the two seed. But you can really narrow it down that way if you just look at historical precedent. So um, I think this is an interesting game. You know, this Jaguars team. You and I, it's funny, before the season, we were both like, yeah, we really like this Jaguars team, Super Bowl ceiling, and then it's just been throughout the season, and the record's been there. Like, if you told me this was their record mm -hmm. before the season, I'd be like, oh, baby, we nailed that one. It hasn't passed the eye test for me. We weren't buying into the defense early in the season when the numbers were good, really middle through middle of the season when the numbers were good. And I think that's shown up in a big way. Uh, offensively, it's just been hit or miss. I thought last week, not having Christian Kirk like showed up in a big way. I mean, they targeted what was it? Zay Jones got targeted uh, in that game fourteen At least times. Eight, 10 times, yeah, it was fourteen a lot. times. Finishes with five catches for twenty nine yards. I mean, that looked ugly. Now, I will say the. The, the bright spot for the Jaguars, I thought Trevor Lawrence was moving around well in that game. Like, if I didn't know, I wouldn't have said, oh, this guy's dealing with a major ankle injury. So that's the good news. I still think he has greatness in him. I like Doug Peterson as, in a spot as an underdog in December. You know, don't put the spotlight on us. We still have a chance here. Uh, I think that's a big game, though. And I think if Lamar on Sunday Night Football, with everyone watching, can kind of go off on that Jaguars team and run for 70 and throw for 250 and they put up uh, 28, 35 points, whatever, uh, I think his MVP campaign could pick up some steam here down the stretch. Yeah, I don't feel good about this game for the Ravens. Is this one I, of your picks or no? No, so I, I don't think yeah. I'm going to take it. This feels to me for the Ravens a lot like a little, the Packers game felt coming to the Giants game where I was like, oh, like teams flying high, teams had some nice wind, they've been in charge yeah. of stuff. This could, the, the Ravens this, this week, okay, Jacksonville team, it's a good team, you should beat this team, this defense is gettable, passing game-wise are disjointed. Who do the Ravens have next week? Niners, My right? Niners, okay. Yeah. No, uh, Niners, Niners, Ravens for week 15. If, if memory serves, maybe I'm, 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 one, I'm one week too far ahead. They've got the Charger. Oh, no. They've got the Jaguars. Dolphins. Yeah. It's, it's no, wait, Niners. No. I can't read. Listen, Solak and I are both dealing with sicknesses. This is not going to be a good show. We're going to sound weird. We're going to be coughing. We're going to have weird voices. All right. We can't even it's read the schedule. Everybody's got to play Hurt Shield. We got to execute. <laughs> Shield, you it's execute time. No, it's Cowboys, Dolphins <laughs> next week. Niners, Ravens. I was right yes. on this one. You, 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 you got my right. head spun around. Well, my it, I was like, wait, next week's Christmas? What? They can't be because I knew they played on Christmas. No, no, yeah, next week uh, is Christmas. So there you go. Yes. Niners Ravens uh, next week. Uh, this feels like a little bit of a look ahead spot for Baltimore, which is a a team that I'm I'm I love I love John Harbaugh. I think he's a good coach. They're overall well coached team. I do think that they are liable for having like nice nice comfortable leads where we've all seen the Ravens win probability percentages. Oh, they're up nine against the Jaguars in the fourth quarter. What could go wrong? And then all of a sudden things are going wrong just because the Jaguars do have that Trevor Lawrence elite quarterback explosive play potential to them. So this this game does like as a big Ravens believer, I think they're going to get the one seed as a big Lamar believer. I do look at this game as like a blitz heavy defense that's opportunistic and creates turnovers and an elite and a near elite quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And I'm just like, uh, I just just. Do the job, get the hay in the barn, like have a nice, emphatic, clear win because that Rams game ended up being a, a, a big win for them. And I think a marquee win and, and, you know, they have a Kyle Hamilton injury and they rally as a defense and offensively they score enough points, but they had opportunities to like in the, in the second half 
actually shut the door. Like they got some good stops defensively and they couldn't play complimentary football and turn around with a big win offensively. And so I am a little bit squirrely about uh, the Ravens in this Jaguars game just because, yeah, the Jaguars don't feel 100% like they should. But they're still eight and five, right? This is still a good unit, a good team overall. They got some, they got some punch to them, and it's in Jacksonville, so it's a, a big game for them. And I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is more hotly contested than we expect it to be. I have the same feel for it. I picked Jaguars plus three and a half uh, in my column. It's not one of my picks. I don't. It's never fun to go against the Ravens in like in one of these games because they can just win in so many different ways. I'm with you. Last week, Baltimore, like the overall offensive numbers looked great. And Lamar Jackson was spectacular in that drive in the fourth quarter. The first half of that game, the first, what, two and a half quarters of that game, like they were hitting on big plays, but they were not sustaining uh, offense. They were they were pretty uneven offensively in that game. And then the defense, which has been so dominant, uh, you know, credit to Matthew Stafford and, and that Rams offense, but they didn't look the same there. So yeah, I, I think that's going to be a competitive game. Uh, I'm with you there, but I, I think if Lamar can play well uh, in a big spot there, Maybe his campaign picks up a little bit. All right. What do you got? What are we talking about Monday morning? Yes. Uh, my Monday morning headline, which is probably like a little bit more of a Sunday morning headline, because remember, we have some Saturday games Saturday this games, week. Saturday games, yes. Shields brought to you by State Farm. The time, uh, something's better together like tailgating and cornhole, buffalo wings and blue cheese and bundling your home and auto insurance with a State Farm personal price plan. Now that's a play you want to make. The personal price plan lets you choose the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Shield, my dynamic duo for the week is uh, Jared Goff in a roof. All right, it is Jared Goff <laughs> and the ability to play indoors. Oh, so Jared Goff? Who's he going Jared with Goff here? and a roof, Shield. Uh, we had last week Jared Goff uh, against the Chicago Bears in the cold, open-air Soldier Field. Wasn't the best performance, had a tough fumbled snap, didn't look as effective. You and I, man, we were looking at this Lions team like a month ago. We sat in their schedule and we said, they got all these dome games at home. They had to play in the Superdome on the road. They they only have one game left all season with no roof. And it's this game in Soldier Field. We said, warning from afar, this is coming for you. Uh, This season, split indoor-outdoor. Jared Goff, 7.3 adjusted net yards per attempt indoors. 5.9 5.9 outdoors, a whole Ooh. yards difference. EPA per drop pack goes from 0.06 to 0.05. Success rate goes from 59% to 50, 43% when he is outdoors. He is a substantially worse quarterback outside in the cold. Why does this matter? Because they're playing the Denver Broncos at home. And the Broncos have been a, a surprisingly staunch defense recently since they had the, the, the terribly embarrassing performance of the Dolphins. This has been well documented by a lot of people. Big defensive turnaround. When you go and you look into the numbers, they're actually pretty good against the pass. They hold down explosive pass rates at like bottom 10 in the league over the last eight weeks. Uh, I do think they've been living a lot on turnovers. And the thing that Goff has done so well over his time with the Lions, even though he's lost the streak, is generally avoid turnovers, right? This, he's been able to protect the football fairly well. And again, when you look at home and road splits, uh, or excuse me, indoor and outdoor splits, his interception percentage craters when he's indoors, when he doesn't have to play uh, in the open air. And so this is a protect the football game for Goff. And then if you do so against the Broncos, while their defense is remarkably better than it was, it's still eminently gettable, right? They're still, they, they still are uh, just outside the top 10 in success rate against the pass. They're bottom five in the success rate against the run over the last eight weeks. So this is going to be a uh, big, again, uh, Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery game. It's your second dynamic duo. I'll just bring in dynamic duos on top of dynamic duos. Uh, this Lions offense has the requisite pieces to be successful against Denver, even with Denver's defensive improvements. And after that loss to Chicago, 
it's now really important for Detroit to continue to win ballgames. It's really important for them to continue to maintain positioning as best they can in an AFC race that has the 10 and 3 Eagles, the 10 and 3 Cowboys, and the 10 and 3 Niners. Because all of those teams have some challenging games left. Eagles have the Seahawks upcoming. Cowboys, like we talked about, have the Bills, have the Dolphins. The Niners are going to play the Ravens. Like There are losable games ahead. And if you're the Lions, you need every inch towards home field advantage you can get over one of these teams is critical to try to get, right? Lions face the Cowboys later this year. If you can establish positioning on that team, potentially make, make sure that they're a wild card team, make sure if you play them, you get to do it in your home stadium. That is a big, big deal for Jared Goff. You have to secure for Jared Goff the roof. And so I think it's a win against the Broncos this week. I like, I like the Lions against the Broncos this, uh, this Saturday a lot. The primetime game NFL Network at, at 8 o'clock. Uh, but I like Jared Goff the roof even more when we get into January and the weather really, really starts to get cold. And so Lions, important they continue to win games like this one against Denver. Yeah, they're the three seed right now. So that would mean you host a game uh, in the first round of the playoffs, but you probably go on the road in the second round. Now, if you go on the road in Dallas, those are favorable conditions. If you go on the road uh, to San Francisco or Philadelphia, it might be right. a little bit different. So those golf. So I'll say it, like have, the Dallas thing yeah. is like I agree because they have a dome, but also like you talked about Dallas's point differential. Better Dallas team. home field yeah. advantage this year has been nuts. So I don't even yeah. want to have to deal with that one. Right. Yeah. So they're. I mean, they're in a tough spot. They they were in a spot where they could have potentially gotten that number two seed, which I think would have been a big deal. Now it's still possible, but it's more unlikely here so yeah i think this is a big spot for the lions it's like where you are you that team that down the stretch you're like oh this team is not nearly as good as we thought it was uh, around halloween with how good they were the first half of the season compared to now i still believe in their offense i think their offense is going to be good you mentioned it outdoor outdoor golf has been a thing for a while now that's not just uh this year so i think their offense is good they're still uh have the skill position players to spread the ball around they've still got the offensive coordinator in ben johnson i mean my concern is with that lions defense which we've been saying it week after week after week now i mean they have not been a good defense they are 31st in defensive dvoa since week seven. And so uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that Broncos-Lions game a little bit later. Uh, I, I believe their offense will bounce back. I have serious questions about um, that defense, not only in this game, but also going forward against the true contenders in the NFC. But I like that. Jared Goff, Roof, Dinan, not Sam Laporta, not uh, no. not Amon Ross St. Brown, not Jameer Gibbs. It's Jared Goff and the Roof. That's a good dynamic duo. Yeah, you know what else is better together, Shield? Say it. No, I don't. I don't. It's home and auto insurance. And oh, with State okay. Farm Personal Price Plan, <laughs> bundling home and auto is just another way to save. It's a pro move when it comes to saving money, letting you call the play so you can choose the coverage that fits your needs at a price you can't afford. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility. Very by state. There you go. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We will get into our extra point taken contest. See where we are. See what our picks are for week 15. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. 
This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back on extra point taken. Solak, how are we with uh, Luke's spreadsheet here? Do we have an update? Where are we as we head into the final four weeks of the regular season? And then, of course, the playoffs. The contest continues through the playoffs. Four weeks left, Shiel, and you have the biggest lead on me you've had all season. It is 45 to 41. You have established positioning here with an excellent week. Uh, Shiel hit his long shot again which I'm super not into at this point. I think we need to change the way the point system works with how valuable this long shot is. Uh, three points one on Jake Ferguson, over 60 receiving yards. As we documented on Monday, he was at 59 and he lost some yards and he got it. So it was, it was tough. Uh, and then Geno Smith under got replaced with a Jared Goff under. Jared Goff, not under a roof. She knew about the dynamic duo. Uh, one points for that one, as well as the Niners covering at home. She and I went oppo, Niners Seahawks. Uh, we thought at the time, that Gino just tweaked his groin in practice. Turns out Gino more than tweaked his groin in practice. I, I ended up having to root for Drew Locke to cover. And he was close, man. Ten and a half, he covered He covered the adjusted Drew Locke spread. Couldn't cover the Gino Smith spread. Uh, so ten and a half for the Niners was a loss for me. I was well, also listen, on, hold uh, on. I got, I got to give you uh, credit for this. You were, you were a stand-up guy. You know, I put out the poll. What should we do? Gino's out. And you said you should make me take the plus 10 and a half. Absolutely. That's what it was at the time. Got to stick with it. So I, you know, I, in my opinion, in my head, it was like, all right, if we change it and I lose, then I have a built-in excuse. I can say, Solak, you're a fraud. We shouldn't have changed that. But you went at, went ahead and we're a stand-up guy. And I think that's a good precedent we have set here. You know, Luke, who makes the spreadsheet, made, made the good right point, which I think is when we make the locks of the week, those picks, that's like, here's what we know at this moment in time. We're making them at the same time. Those stay with whatever point spread we have. If we pick a prop that gets voided, like in real life, it would get voided. You don't lose the bet. You, you get to take that money and make another bet. So I think that's a good precedent uh, we've learned here going forward in case there are any more late injuries yeah. in the week. No, I, 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 when you pick a line, you take the line. I knew Geno Smith had, would show up on the report. Like, oh, he showed up on the report. That's weird. Like, I, 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 I brushed it by it and I, 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 uh, I got to take my lumps. I will say... They were covering that spread for most of the game. And I was yeah, like, oh, they were baby, in it. Drew Locke. And then once it got to 12, I was like, all right, they're not kicking a field goal to get it to nine. We're just going to have to sit here and take it. Drew Locke, man. What a shame. Anyway, um, I had the Falcons freaking against the Bucks, as per usual, whatever. I had DJ Moore as <laughs> my long shot. He covered his, his, he had no targets in the first half. Shield. No DJ Moore targets in the first half. My only win on the week uh, was the Bills on the road uh, covering against the Chiefs. Another one at which you and I went oppo. Uh, if not for a Kadarius Tony offsides, I could have. Laid a goose egg and you could have swept me. Um, fortunately, that did not happen. So one point on the week for me, five points, Shiel, on the week for you. It is now 45 to 41. You are uh, hitting your long shot of the week, by the way, at 50%. You're hitting your long shot more often than I'm hitting a prop bet this season. It is not a good feeling. Uh, straight against the spread on our locks, I'm at 57%. <laughs> 
you are at 38%. We are cumulatively <laughs> at 47%. Oh, my goodness. Listen, we told you last week, take Solax locks against the spread, take my prop, take my long shot, and you'll be having a good week. I mean, that's how it's been. Uh, by the way, I went 9-5-2 and two with my picks on TheRinger.com last week, yet I still managed to pick two of the five losers. <laughs> I told you I'm a I'm volume ha- I'm shooter. I'm having my best season betting props in three years, personally. <laughs> <laughs> 38% here on the show. Hate to see this, it. This is all that matters. All right. Prop of the week. Start us off. What do you got? Let's see. Can you get back on track with your props for the show? Yeah. I ignored my first like three instincts, right? Like, okay, well, maybe look at this running back. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Like, oh, wide receiver, wide receiver one against the Lions. So little Cortland side. No. I, I got past my initial glances and I landed on just like pure academia with Matthew Stafford over 268.5 passing mm, yards. I was looking against, at that one. Against yeah. the Washington Commanders, yeah. So here's the thing about the Commanders defense. It is bad. Uh, it's been bad all season. Their top five in explosive pass rate surrendered so far this year. Uh, their bottom five in, in just defensive success rate overall. Their bottom eight in defensive EPA against the pass. Extremely bad pass defense. We're so with Jack Del Rio. Remains so now that Del Rio has been fired and the defensive coaching staff's been shuffled around. Matthew Stafford with Puka Nakua and with uh, Cooper Cup on the field, has been by numbers one of the most prolific passers we have in the league, just by EPA per dropback, has been one of the most successful passers, independent of which receiver is available. And then on the eye test, uh, it's not a young man slinging the pill a little bit, old man <laughs> slinging the pill a little bit, right? 34-year-old Matthew Stafford feeling young again, hitting trick shots, throwing from weird platforms, ton of trust in his receivers, and critically, a ton of trust in his offensive line. When you lose to this, this uh, Washington team. Previously, you were losing because of the entire pass rush. Chase Young is gone. Montez Sweat is gone. Now you're really losing to the interior. You're losing to John Allen and to Deron Payne, right? A, a dynamic duo that I almost had that I passed on is Steve Avia and Kevin Dotson. The two guards for the Rams are playing extremely good football right now. Both of them acquired this past offseason. The Rams' pass protection has really been, I think, the, the final... A uh, bow on top of what's been a really nice resurgence of this passing game over the stretch of the season. And so I think they're going to be able to hold up in pass protection, which when you do that and you give Stafford this secondary that he's facing, I think he's going to be extremely successful. I was looking at completions, 22 and a half. I'm worried he's going to, he's going to too many explosives and it's not going to be close for long enough and whatever. I positive now, like again, like if once I mentioned an alternative way I could have gone, <laughs> that one always hits. Uh, but I'll take over 268 and a half passing yards for Matthew Stafford. I think State Farm's probably happy with your decision. They didn't go with two guards for the Rams for your. Uh, I, it was my first idea, and then segment. I said, "Wait a minute, yeah, yeah that's like only Goff interesting in to you, Ben. It's yeah. not interesting to others." That's right. That was a good call by you. Uh, I like this one. I had it written. Now, what did you say the numbers at now? Two sixty. Two six two sixty eight point five. It was okay, lower when I wrote it down yesterday. Yeah. It was two sixty five point five. Oh, yeah. I hope he doesn't get two sixty six here. 267 uh, for content i wouldn't mind it <laughs> no that that's a good one i mean it it you just look at that commander's defense i mean 32nd in defensive dvoa and you look at that what that ran it's so funny how like the narratives could change with the ravens or they like based on how that game ended last week i mean lamar had a great drive down the stretch stafford had a great drive down the stretch and then you get to uh overtime and uh you know neither guy scores and then you get the punt return for the touchdown there. But yeah, that that Rams offense has been pretty consistent this year. When they've been healthy, when Stafford specifically has been healthy, and when he's had these guys on the field, Cooper Cup looked great last week. Nakua looked great last week. Kyron Williams. I mean, Rams come out in that game and what they run the ball nine times in a row and go right down the field. Like they are a versatile 
well-balanced, can hit you in a number of different ways uh, type offense. So uh, I might be, you know, leaning into some Ram stuff here uh, in the future. Not for this one. I thought about it for this one. I actually have two yeah. written down here. I actually have three written down here that I almost took from this Rams-Commanders game. But instead, I'm going to be a little bit of a hater here and go with the grouch pick and go to Saturday. You're sitting down Saturday, first game of the weekend. I'm taking the under for Jake Browning passing yards, 240.5. Big number. That's a big number. Big number. Listen, I like what Jake Browning's done, but I think going up against, it's Bengals Vikings, so going up against this Vikings defense is just tough. We saw it last week. Raiders did not score, and then again, they hung 63 on the Chargers the next week. I just think Minnesota's a different animal where they're going to be tough to prepare for. They're sixth in defensive DVOA. Brian Flores might be my uh, more with less king of the coach of the year. Absolutely. I don't know. I'm gonna have to brown. I'm gonna have to brand that State Farm if you're interested in that uh, in a future week. Let me know. Uh, I mean, you just look at that defense, and I'm not saying the players stink. Like this happens though. When when the coaching is good, then all of a sudden you're going, "Ooh, Josh Metellus is playing well." Ooh. Ivan Pace, nice play. By, but these aren't guys we came into the season being like, oh, man, look out for this guy. And, and now all of a sudden, that's what good coaching is. You're getting more with less. You're getting these guys who do some things well and have potential. You're bringing that out of them. And Brian Flores has done that as much as any coordinator in the NFL. So uh, I pick the Vikings in this guy. I don't know that they're going to have enough uh, offensively in this game. I did pick them. Plus three here, but I, I like this prop better than anything that has to do with the actual spread. That that Bengals offense last week, the screen game was fantastic. Again, they did a great job coaching last week. I mean, they're scheming stuff up, and then Browning's making some throws in the second half. But uh, I just think 240 and a half is a big number. Starting quarterbacks against the Vikings this year, uh, on average, 218.5 passing yards. So I think you're really asking for Browning to get an explosive in the uh, in the screen game, something downfield, Jamar Chase, to put him over the top. But the Vikings have been pretty good against those kinds of things so far this year. Yeah. The only thing that worries me about this is that Browning is going to get 15 drives because Nick Mullins is going to go three and out on every yes, single possession. Yes, that scared me, 100%. Yeah. Rich, which the, the one you're hoping for is just a couple turnovers, a couple short fields, Bengals are up 13 to nothing. We don't have to pass the ball the rest of the game, right? And so I think that... You have worlds in which your 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 game script here just precludes Browning from ever getting over that number. I looked a lot at this. I looked a lot at just uh, 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 Bengals Vikings under and kind of building that into some uh, some of our long shots of the week. I didn't end up going that direction, but this Bengals Vikings game with Browning into Mullins is is ripe for some good betting. That's a fun Saturday one p.m. game to just turn on and just be like, holy smokes! But I will say Browning, uh, as far as backup quarterbacks go, is is it's We've had some like crazy backup quarterback performances and some stretches over the last two years. This is one where like it's both good, but also it looks legitimate, right? Like I agree. Dob- yeah, like I-, I bought the Dobbs cheese. He's obviously been benched now. He's the third stringer. Dobbs was making like 17 yard throws into the sideline. Like he was like shooting the ball down the field, playing a sort of aggressive ball that if he was con- if he was capable of that regularly, like he should have been a starter. Browning is just playing very much within himself. And Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan, man, like they're good. I don't know what they're good at. I don't, but they're good at offense. Like they're, 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 they're I, I, you look at all the numbers. You're like, why is this working? How does this work? Maybe it's just elite talent across the board, whatever. But even then, like they're getting Tanner Hudson and Chase Brown working. Like Callahan uh, always, every time they ha- they get their their back up against a wall, Callahan gets find his way to slip them out. Man, they 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 just their their offense never. 
it's always got something up its sleeve. It's always got a little trick play that works. It's got a little constraint play that ends up going big. Like they're, they're just able to, to get a lot of juice out of squeezes that, that, that Bengals offense. They're doing it again with Jake Browning. It's impressive to see. Yeah, Chase Brown. Ooh, he looked good last week. As you would say, young man can scoot. Right, as as say? as someone or is that who, not a scoot with the running back? Can only a quarterback? Oh no, no, scoot? Yeah, no running scoot. back. Yeah, I mean, okay. now right. on a on a screen he can fly. <laughs> right, once you're in the once you're in the open field and you're running, he can fly. Scooting yeah. is when you're making guys miss. Yes, uh, he was flying. Yeah. Yes, uh, as as a cha- drafted Chase Brown on every single dynasty team I own, investor. It's about dang time. All right, I was feeling real skinny about that. We're now doing a lot better. Yeah, Brown is an important. Mixon is at his best when he is a committee back. And getting Brown healthy and activated is nice for the Bengals. Bengals, man, right there in that postseason picture. I'll right tell there. you, both these teams. I mean, we we joke Browning versus uh, Mullins. Both these teams are are in the playoff picture. So this. Do you is think this game- is the first time in league history a team that's currently the sixth seed in the postseason picture has benched their their starting quarterback and made him the third stringer after trading for him during at the deadline? The Vikings uh, season is unbelievable, man. It is. It it, it really is. Yeah, he's uh, Joshua Dobbs is now the number three. Which I didn't really understand that. I'm like, you could just make him the number two. You know, coaches love in. to do that. They love, yeah. they love to be like, all right, now he's the number three. As if that like makes it feel better. I don't I know, like so. different role or something. Doesn't matter. Yeah, I do agree with the Browning. It it does look sustainable in terms of what he's doing now. I'm not telling you he's going to be a starter and be amazing, but he passes the does this guy know what he's doing test? Yeah. at a very high. I think level. the question like, was he knows like, where to go hey. with the ball and execute. Yeah, the question was like, all right. Like, we don't know anything about this cat. Like, how can you possibly have had, like, Joe Burrow's been hurt. How could you have had this guy as the backup? Right. And I guess internally they were like, we feel good about him. And then he's gotten the field and, and he's, he's, he's proven them right. And I think that's the nice thing is that, like, he was a total unknown at backup. And now it turns out he's, he's actually playing pretty good ball. No doubt. All right. Long shot of the week. What do you got? Uh, all right. The Detroit Lions are going to win. The Miami Dolphins are going to win. And the Green Bay Packers are going to win. And those three things combined are plus 169 in a parlay. Lions-Broncos, uh, this, like I said, is the Saturday 8 o'clock game. I really like the Lions in this spot. I think that you have Dan Campbell against Sean Payne. I think this game matters to him quite a bit. They have the embarrassing loss. They haven't played well over the last couple of weeks. I think this is a circle the wagons moment for them at home in an island game. They understand what this, this, this means in terms of retaining positioning in the NFC North, retaining position in the NFC. I think you get a pretty big performance out of them. And I, I've been looking for spots to fade this Broncos improvement and I just haven't liked a lot of their opponents at the moment which they've gotten them and so I haven't really had some great windows to do it this is a window to me where I think they're going to be successful I like the Lions to score a lot of points run the ball really well I think the Lions win this game Dolphins are huge favorites against the the Zach Wilson Jets as a weirdly sudden Zach Wilson defender because of the way this podcast <laughs> breaks my brain I certainly loved the performance he had against the Texans last week I'm not buying that that's a legitimate thing Dolphins dealing with a ton of injury uh, defensively. We know that that's still true, but I think that they're still very well equipped to overwhelm this Jets team uh, with, with the volume they're able to produce and with hassling Zach Wilson still, I think they can pressure him. And the last one is Packers. Packers are only three and a half point favorites against the Buccaneers. Very embarrassing performance against the Giants, and now it's a short week, but they're at home. They're getting a Bucks team that's traveling into, into some cold weather. I think that that uh, environment really, really, really favors the Packers relative to Baker Mayfield and how he plays for the Bucks. I think that defensively, that was a, a, an embarrassing performance for the Packers, but the Bucs aren't equipped to do anything that the Giants did. They don't have a QB running game. They don't have a diverse running game, period, right? Like Rashad White has certainly become a high volume player for them, but he's not an entirely threatening player. And then this Bucks defense loses to outside receiver play. And that's where the Packers right now, they've been 
they've had their peak Christian Watson game and their peak Dontavian Wicks game. And they're involving Jaden Reed. Like they just have so many passing weapons and this Bucks secondary is weak. Uh, and so accordingly, I, I like the Packers in that spot as well. Minus 184 Packers, minus 225 Lions, minus 480 Dolphins all together is plus 169. That Dolphins team, a lot, lot of big names on that injury report this week. Wednesday yep. and Thursday did not practice. We're recording this Friday morning. Did not practice Wednesday and Thursday. Tyreek Hill, Teron Armstead, Devon A-Chain. They lose their center for the season uh, last week. So, I mean, Hill is obviously the big one. We talked about that on Monday night. I don't know if he's going to play uh, or if he's not going to play in this game. But, yeah, they're eight and a half point favorites. So you're just asking for a win. You're not asking for a cover there. So I can probably still roll with you there, although it would make me a little bit nervous. Yeah, that Jets I mean, de- this Jets defense, listen, let's give the Jets defense some love here for a second. I mean, they are playing their best ball of the season. Last week, the Texans, and I know the Texans were injured, they, could, like, they couldn't get a pass to a receiver without a Jets defender being right there. They had 10 passes defended in that game. If you watch that game, it was just like yeah. blanket. They were on every single thing the Texans were trying to do. So that would make me a little bit nervous. The Jets' uh, defensive front against that uh, Miami offensive line and then if Tyreek Hill isn't playing, man, those Jets DBs uh, against the Dolphins. But yeah, a little sneaky. We'll make me a little nervous, but. Are you, uh, okay, do you like Chiefs minus 420 on the road against the Patriots better? Good question. I think I do, but that one has other reasons to make you, I mean. See, it, that's yeah, the one to tough. me where I'm like, all right, this is obviously the Chiefs are a better team, but man, nothing feels stinkier. Then we get the official report they're out on bill belichick they're done with him Kraft is over him and then belichick beats patrick mahomes and andy Reid at home mm. like that 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 to me more so than the dolphins total injury report was like oh man this is so 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 sweaty to, yeah. to, to be fading belichick long week of rest in an in, where, where there was just a report that he's done with the job after the, they, they already had a zappy win on uh, so i was thinking about chiefs instead i'm gonna stay with the dolphins i'm gonna stay with my initial gut uh but the, I agree, like the Connor Williams injury and the Toronto Armstead unavailability, like that's concerning. The Dolphins have been dealing with offensive line, yes. uh, uh, a musical chairs for two months at this point. I think they kind of know what they can and can't do with it. Tyreek, I think, is going to play. Uh, and, so, and, and off of my read, Tyreek being available makes me like this. If you told me Tyreek wasn't playing for sure, I'd probably get on Chiefs and not Dolphins for this. But altogether, I think you're going to see Tyreek and I think you're going to see enough points from them that Zach Wilson can't overcome it. We got two Zach Wilson good games in a row, and then I get to come back and 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 victory lap that for some reason. <laughs> Dolphins have been very good at home, specifically uh, offensively, specifically mm-hmm. when they're big favorites at home with Tua, they have performed uh, very well. So there's reason to take them there. All right, my long shot of the week, I'm going for, I, str- I hate to even say this because now I'm jinxing myself. I've hit four in a row of these bad boys. These long shots of the week. Here's what I'm going with. Unbelievable. Better than my picks against the spread, which are typically minus 110. Uh, Long shots have to be plus 150 or higher. I'm going back to that Rams-Commanders game. I didn't take it for the prop. I was saving it for the long shot. We're taking Puka Nakua over 66 and a half. And the Rams adjusted line of minus two and a half gets me to plus one. 53. So there you go. Uh, Rams are six and a half point favorites in that game. They just got to win by a field goal for me here. This was tough, Ben, because I don't know if do you have a like 
do you feel better about Cooper Cup going over or Puka Nakua going over? That I was like, I don't know, like 166 and a half. The other one's like 72 or something. Like, this is the only thing that scares me. If one of them has like 170, which is within the realm of possibilities for both these guys, and the other guy doesn't have a big game, but ultimately I ended up going with Puka Nakua. Yeah, I was looking at the numbers earlier. Uh, I can't, I'm trying to pull them up fast. I know that. Uh, Nakua has has been over the course of the season the best Rams target against zone coverage, and mm-hmm. I know that the the Commanders have typically been a man heavier team. It's not to say Puka's been bad against man, but to say that that when he gets his really high volume stuff and his crazy performances, it's typically been against zone coverage opponents, and and, and the Commanders tend to go he- more heavy on on uh, on man coverage. But with that said, we're at the point now in the season where Puka's just earned faith. Period. So you don't have to worry about splits as much. Like I think when the season started, a lot of the Puka explosion was like. Matthew Stafford realizing, oh, this young kid like knows where to go and like turns around at the right time and like spaces correctly. And so like zone wise, he was getting that volume. Now I think he's just earned that faith. Uh, altogether, though, when I landed on Stafford 268, I started looking at the receivers in Cup and Nakua and decided that I couldn't parse who I liked better in this spot. And so I just went for the quarterback. I like that we're correlated, though. My, my passing over correlated That's to your right. long shot. Feels great for me. Should not feel good for you. <laughs> you should be worried about that statistically. Me, I'm feeling lovely. Uh, I looked so at every single thing with this game. I was like, yeah. all right, I could do Puka and Cup over. I could do Puka and Stafford over. I could do Stafford adjusted yards, get him to like 275. There's a lot of things I just Stafford's going to hit Nakua for, for three passes, 100 yards, two touchdowns, then get nicked up and leave the game. And then, <laughs> then, then, then that's how we're going we're gonna to window this one between you and I. Uh, yeah, the, we, are in a, we are not done with this Rams commanders team as far as uh, game, as far all as right. picks go. This is apparently a big one for the uh, the extra point taken, fellas. Yeah, this is a we, we might not be done with it for both of us. Let's see. I got a few a few locks I'm looking at here. All right. Nonsense prediction. What do you got? Yeah, Kadarius Tony touchdown. I, I'm so positive. 100% <laughs> Kadarius Tony scoring. I like first, I would, first possession. I, yeah, uh, maybe not first possession. I think you actually okay. have to make sure you're winning the game first. They are big favorites, like I said, against the Patriots, eight and a half point. Uh, favorites for anybody who's wondering at home by the way Darius Tony is plus 650 to score a touchdown which Ooh. I think is quite long for a receiver that they love to use in the red zone but absolutely you you have to I'm sure internally you've mea culpa this you now have to externally mea culpa this because of how much of Mahomes's frustration was external and I think the best way to do that it's just a little design yo-yo motion this way that way oh change around the backfield Kirsten, this all of a sudden and boop he just is freed up nice and easy. Patriots are a man coverage heavy team. Run a rub route. Do something basic. Get a target to Kadarius Tony at the two-yard line. He dives for the pylon. Mahomes runs up. Ah, big celebration. Slap on the helmet. But then, and this is critical, you got to then just jog to the sideline, right? You do the celebration, but yeah. if you ham it up too much, then everybody knows. Like, oh, he's trying to make Tony feel about oh, this on the show and for this everything. You got to just celebrate. So happy for you, champ. Tough week last week. Way to recover. And you got to act like that's regular. Yeah. And then when they bring you up at the podium, they're like, Kadarius Tony obviously designed red zone play. Patrick, was there anything particular like that you guys had in the week talking about Tony? You go, oh no, we don't really talk about that. Like, you know, we just, yeah. we love him in the red zone. We love his matchup. You got to act like it's all regular. Uh, so Kadarius Tony scoring a touchdown against the Patriots. And then, then, and then Andy and Mahomes are going to be like, look at how happy our big, happy family is. Go us. We've had that in since training camp. You know, we're just we're waiting for the right time yep. to call it. This happened to be, you know, it's just that's where you go. You, now, you go. Were, you go to the open yeah. receiver. You know, and he yeah, happened. And if, to be if the, it were right I, read. because yeah. I can't help myself, and I love to cause trouble, <laughs> I would be up at that point and being like, 
We just really feel like he's earned more targets in the red zone. Like we just, we, the way that he's played recently, we just like, I mean, with a straight face, just like, yeah, just with his play recently, we like his matchup in the red zone. We feel like he's, he's earned these opportunities. Just daring that reporter to be like, he didn't lose any opportunities when he lined up offsides and lost you the game against the Bills. But that's just me. I think we'll get, I think if that happens, we'll get also a little bit. How about, how about one of these? He had a great, he had a great week of practice. Yeah. Great week of uh, practice. Great, we locked great, in. <laughs> Especially in the middle of December before week 15 when you definitely do a lot of things during practice. Yeah, great week of practice for Kadarius Tony. Next year, I need to write a call up like how you know your team is in trouble. It's great week of practice. It's players only meeting. Uh, there are a few others I'm sure I can come up with. Honestly, uh, after this yeah. sicko pod between you and I where our germs are coming up across the mic, can we come back next week and healthy? Shield? It'll have been a good week of practice. You and good I, good week, week of practice. practice. Next, yeah, this week, I don't know about. Next week, great week of practice. All right, there you go. my nonsense prediction. We're going to get some kind of incident in New Orleans. Teammates having to be separated on the sideline, fight in the locker, you know, media Ooh, yes, saying, yes. Me- media, media saying, we haven't been let in yet. We're hearing like someone's shouting F-bombs in there. It sounds like something might have just been thrown in there. The Saints host the Giants. They are six and seven. They're tied for the best record in the NFC South. If you would have told me before the season that the Saints are going to be six and seven going into week 15, that they're going to be in the mix for the NFC South, I would have said, okay, this is kind of what I expected from the Saints season. But how they've gotten here, like we haven't talked a lot about, we, I feel like we talk more about the Saints in the offseason with the weird stuff they do than in season. This has been like a miserable experience. If you are a Saints, the Saints fans hate this team. At least this is my read. If you're, if you're a listener and you're, and you're saying, no, no, I'm a Saints fan. This hasn't been that bad. Fine. I think most Saints fans have hated this season. When we were talking in the offseason about, you know, what the Saints were doing, I was like, well, you know, sometimes you just make a move and you have a fun, if you have a fun season and you go nine and eight, then like there's some value in that. That has not been what this has been. This has been Derek Carr last week getting into it with center. Eric McCoy shouting match earlier this season, Derek Carr and yelling at Chris Olave after Derek Carr threw the ball like seven feet out of bounds. Uh, Derek Carr yelling at Pete Carmichael. This has been a Saints fan base that is just like, oh my gosh, this is not fun. They're they're winning games and you're still hating the experience. Like that's the ultimate uh, test for how miserable a team is. So I don't know who's going to win this game. Saints are minus six, which I thought was a little high. I took the Giants. Pl- I wanted to fade the Tommy DeVito stuff this week, but I was like six points. That, that six felt, is a lot. That's a lot for this Saints team. So I took the Giants plus six. Didn't feel great about it. Not going to be one of my picks, but I do feel like this is a situation. If Cutlets goes down to New Orleans, you know, maybe goes outside of his comfort zone a little bit and tries the great, you know, New Orleans cuisine uh, down there, has a monster game uh, here, and they win, and the Saints lose this game, I feel like something's going to happen. It just feels like something's ready to boil over with the Saints team. I strongly agree. I can't help but feel like you and I had some conversation in the offseason about me hating the way the Saints manage their team, and you going... But they build a competitive team. This is for no, no, the fans. I, no, 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 no. I just said that. I just referenced that. Okay, so you weren't. Let, this is. I'm going to let you get by on your sickness. I didn't say. I was making the case at the end of that conversation. I said, all right, that was. I was just making the argument. That I don't know what the Saints are doing. Now I did make the case that yes, sometimes you you can build a team that's competitive and fun, and it's not about winning a championship, and that's okay. That's not what what this is. This team is miserable. So that that yeah, that was my point. Right, but no, I I, I heard your point. And nowhere in your point did you say. I said last season that this was building a good competitive team, which I'm like 93% sure you did. 
And I was like, no, Derek no, Carr is no, bad. No, this would be no, a bad no. environment. I was, I was saying that was the case. I did not say I think that's what they're. I picked the I, Panthers I, to. I, I picked I, the Panthers to win the NFC South. Okay, I no, I shouldn't. I should not be admitting that. Okay, to remind to, to just to find the episode where she and I 100 have this conversation. <laughs> The problem is like, I don't have a good memory for these things. And so I can't, you're always, you're so good. This is a compliment. You're so good at being like, Ben, seven months ago, you said this about the Ravens. I'm like, oh shoot, I did. But I can never remember. I have bad memories for these things. I can't recall. But this is, this to me, this is what I, 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 this is what I expected from the Saints this season. They don't have the infrastructure because of the talent that they've lost to continue winning games with the way that they have. And so it's on the quarterback to elevate. And Derek Carr is not an elevator, right? We've had this whole game manager, game changer discourse this week because Cam Newton got on his podcast and was like, Dak is bad. I haven't listened to any of the clips. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I was going to say, I always enjoy when you bring up something like this has been going on this week. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, that no, happens I, often. I, 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 didn't, I, <laughs> I did not engage with it, but Cam Newton hopped on his podcast and was basically like, the league is full of game managing quarterbacks who aren't as good as me. And then... <laughs> talk shows talked about it a lot and got upset with it and then cam issued like a correction like a nine minute monologue i never watch these things i just see how people kind of go back and forth with one another but all of this to say Derek carr is the game manager Derek carr is the guy who just like sits back there and is just like dumping it off to alvin kamara like solve problems for me right throwing the ball at rashid shaheed's feet and then getting mad at him that he didn't catch it like he's not an elevator and this saint's team is not good enough roster wise it was good enough five years ago it's not good enough now to be el- to to exist without an elevator at quarterback, and so the the car contract to be, it was a failed endeavor from the start Ooh. to me, and this is just the fruit of that. I don't even know if he's a game manager. He's he has stunk this year. Like this is worse than any version we've seen with the Raiders. I think this version uh, of Derek Carr. But you're probably right. Part of that has to do with just what can the supporting cast give you with a quarterback like that. All right, let's take one more break. We come back. We got locks of the week. I have. Let's see, five on my screen. No, four on I my love screen. This week. I love I'm this week, which is bad for week 15. You're not All supposed right. to love a week right. in week 15. I'm worried. All right. All right. We'll come back. We'll hear what games Solak loves. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward. Because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. All right, let's get to it. Locks of the week. What's your first one? You love it. What game do you love the most here? Yeah, I um, I, I'll I'll start with the obvious one, given the way I've been talking about the game. I have Rams line of six and a half against the Commanders. I really like this line. Rams are at home. I I've been the last couple of weeks, and I I usually am like, uh, oh, this team's hot. Find the fade opportunity. This Rams offense matches up so nicely against the Commanders defense that just has no teeth since they've traded away uh, um, uh, Chase Young, Montez Sweat lead the league right now in explosive pass rate surrendered. The, the, the commander's defense does. Just no team is worse at giving up the big play. Rams, one of the top five teams in the league right now in the big play offensively through the air. There's just going to be, I think, fireworks for the Rams. Their team total is at 29 and a half points. It is an enormous figure uh, entering this game. Uh, what you're worried about is you're worried about the Sam Howell backdoor. You're worried about this being a two-score game the entire way. And the Rams sit in the game late and Sam Howell's having a good time against this pass defense. And then he, he scores a touchdown. They go for two, they get it, and they lose by five. 
I think that's what you're worried about in this one. Altogether, really like the Rams spot. Really like the Rams offense against the Commanders. Six and a half is the line. I'll, I'm going to take it. One of the ones I was looking at, I don't think I want to take it because it's you know it's, it's not as fun. If we're ta- are you taking the Falcons this week? Let me ask you that before we no. get to your. Should I take the Falcons this week? I, I what is I, with this line? So like minus, minus three, three against Carolina. The Carolina it's so low. cannot complete a pass. The Falcons, I know they do, I I make fun of you because they just do dumb stuff over and over again, but even I can acknowledge that they should outgain the Panthers by like 250 yards in this game. They just have to win by a field goal. Should I do it? Should I take the team that Solak's been getting? I'm going to think about it. I'm not going to go there yet. Here's what I will say. It's a rat line, as JJ Here's what I will say. The injuries that they've got right now, where- Offensive line. Yeah, so Caleb McGarry, Chris Lindstrom, both questionable for this game. Uh, defensive tackle was the one that really killed him against the Bucs. Contavious Street went down during the game. He's out this week. David Onyemata is questionable this week. This team's been successful because of their trench play. They're losing, like, they're potentially without four of their five best trench players going into this game, right? And, like, that's, that's where I get worried about them. Absolutely, they should be more than three-point favorites, even on the road against the Panthers. I think they're going to cover, but I need to stop picking them against the spread on the show so that, that way they actually do cover, so that way they win, so that way they win the division. <laughs> I'm playing the long game, Shield. They've been terrible against the spread uh, under Arthur Smith. I forget what the numbers are, but yes. I think I'm struggling. three and four taking them this year, which means I've taken them seven times, which is just oh sicko gosh, behavior. That's crazy. All right, let me go with the, the game that I like the most here first and then i'm gonna i'm gonna let marinate a little bit and decide on the final two game i like the most is one you mentioned earlier that's the green bay packers minus three and a half at yeah. home against the tampa bay buccaneers uh, i took the packers last week bad call you had the right read that was a inexperienced game or as donovan McNabb said back in the day uh that led to me as a kid listening to sports talk radio we showed our youth oh boy that guy that was very controversial uh at the time for donovan McNabb to say that after a loss i don't know some of these things just stick in your head as a young sports fan you remember wow that was like a week of sports talk radio content when donovan McNabb said we showed our youth after a loss they showed their youth after that loss that's okay jordan love was off in the first half they had three turnovers. They still had a chance to win. You know, again, as I said on the Monday show, there's a narrative where we can talk about, hey, they didn't have their best game. They still had a nice drive at the end, but then their defense didn't show up. So I still like this Packers team quite a bit. The Bucks, I mean, Bucks against Atlanta last week got outgained by 144 yards. They really did not play well in that game. Baker Mayfield. Every single game the Falcons <laughs> should cover, dude. It's so <laughs> annoying. It's but so irritating. Me. As I wrote in my column this week, really been one of the joys of my season is to watch this Falcons team torture you. Uh, uh, on the, you know, so it's been every time I'm sitting here going, well, I think Solak's going to get it this week. And then they do three stupid things and they don't cover. That's been fun. That's been, you know, we have, we're doing this thing for the ringer, choosing our favorite sports moments of uh, 2023. I might have to choose something Falcons related. Hey, just now, the Falcons. I, yeah. Ben the Falcons. picking the Falcons. That, that really might be mine. But this game, Tampa banged up. Carlton Davis, Chris Godwin, Vita Vea, all mispracticed Wednesday and Thursday. Did you know, Solak, that the Tampa Bay Bucks in that game, Bijan Robinson's touchdown run, that the Bucks had nine players on the field? Yeah, I saw that I mean, screenshot. Na- There's I mean, nothing it, Todd Bowles loves more than not knowing how to get all the players on the field. It's, it's but a lot of times it's 10, nine on a touchdown. I was thinking in a bigger market, 
Your team is fighting for a playoff spot and the division, and you have nine players on the field for a touchdown run. Oh my yeah. God. Think about so if you're a fan of like a like you would be going, that's all you'd be talking about this week, even if the team won the game. So anyway, I like the Panker, Packers at home, bounce back against this Bucks team that is not very good. They're mediocre. They're okay. They're not bad. I could see the Bucs moving the football a little bit, but I think the Packers offense is going to get back on track. Uh, I thought about taking them a little adjusted line with my long shot. And I said, just settle down, Shield. Just take them minus three and a half at home against Tampa. That's my first pick. Yeah. I mean, like the Bucs had nine players on defense and covered as an out or one as an outright dog. So I don't <laughs> even know. Like it's, it's so deflating, man. There's just no reason for it to be this hard. Uh, I do like Packers minus three and a half uh, a lot. That's the side I would be on. I have exposure to them on the money line. Uh, you don't get the hook on that one, which to me worries me a little bit just in, in the script of that game. The Bucs have been a, 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 a team that when they get into the second half and Baker has to throw the ball and they're behind, they do a gnarly little job of, of weaseling their way back in the back door. And that does worry me on this one. So I don't have the Packers in these three. But like I said, I have Packers exposure on the money line. I do like that side overall. I think it's a good pick. Uh, second for me. I promised myself when we started this show, if the Bears went from plus two and a half to plus three against the Browns, I was going to take them. They went to plus three against the Browns. I'm going to take them, right? So just talk about getting the hook there. I get the plus three. I'm not sure why this moved. I'm worried that I'm doing this. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to find out in two hours that Justin Fields tripped over somebody at practice and strained his groin. And now I'm doing a Tyson Bajan thing for the second week in a row. I'm going with the backup. But altogether, I think that uh, the Bears, I like to match them into the Browns quite a bit, actually. Uh, talked about Justin Fields on, on Monday's show playing a little bit more risk averse football while betting it's the Browns defense right this defense really gets after you like there's going to be worrisome stuff I agree but I think the Bears can be able to run the ball I think the Bears run uh, approach on offense has been a lot more successful over the last two months of the season Tyson Bajan and then into Justin Fields uh, and against a hyper aggressive four down front you can get your double teams and like we've seen in the Lamar Jackson games against the the the, the Cleveland Browns and against Jim Schwartz Quarterback run can really challenge the structure of defense, right? Your, your whole point is being gapped out. Your whole point is having a body for every single guy. Once you involve the quarterback in the running game, you start going heavy personnel. You really limit the coverage menus the opposing team gets. And then you get Justin Fields one-on-one with space and linebackers. And that's always a good match to have. You always like that. So I think the Bears are going to run the ball really well. And then I think defensively, where the Bears have just been steadily improving week over week. We've talked about this on the show like a month ago, like, oh, like, this Bears team, like they're they're just they're coalescing, they're coming together. It's too little, too late, but they are like it is happening. Fit nicely and, and putting the Browns into some clear long and late situations, and really putting I think a stress on Joe Flacco to throw the ball and, and be successful winning through the air that he hasn't really had to go up against. Like the only time you ever saw it was once the game got out of hand against the Rams, and obviously that kind of blew up in their face late in the fourth quarter there. And so I do think it's a nice spot for the Bears matchup wise run the football, control game clock uh, against the Browns who are, are at, who are at home and are in playoff positioning. That's an important game for the Browns, but the Bears are well positioned to play spoiler in this one. I, I like them plus three. Imagine if before the season, I would have told you Joe Flacco is going to be a three-point favorite uh, for a playoff team on December 15th. Disgusting. What a what's weird really, season. What, what's very irritating is the fact that getting the hook and getting plus three doesn't actually do anything for us in this competition. In like this the contest, push yeah. doesn't stop uh, losing points anyway. I just still feel like I'm supposed to do it and I just do it off of instinct. And then I'm like, oh, wait, this doesn't actually matter. But anyway, do Bears are going to win outright. Listen, do you want to do, do, do something where we could say, if you get a push, you like get to bank that and you get an extra pick the next week? I would be open to a conversation like that. Or does it get too confusing? Or do you have to do that before the season? 
I, you probably have to do that before the season because I think I've okay. pushed this year and you haven't. And so okay. it, I, I'm, I'm entirely <laughs> self-interested in this conversation. Uh, uh, no, I'd rather the Bears push and then I get to whine about it. That to me is okay. optimal. It's just I don't get the point and I get to complain. That seems ideal. There you go. All right. So uh, I do like the Bears side on that. It's not one of my picks. Uh, Browns injuries, Dewan Jones, uh, another mm-hmm. tackle out for the season. They've, been, they, they've done such a good job with their offensive line depth that you haven't noticed it that much. But man, they have been banged up there. And then Grant Delpit safety playing at a very high season. level for them he's out for the season um so i yeah. think you nailed it with that bears defense i mean that's a bit if you're a bears fan all right we've had the fields quarterback conversation a lot but you wanted to see what's eberflus bringing to the table with this defense because they sucked last year this year you at you invested a lot of resources in there and now finally you're seeing these are young players which is very encouraging you're seeing young players play better on that bears defense uh they, they've been playing at a much higher level so yeah i like the bears plus three in that game as well yeah the Grant Delpit injury, like uh, impact on the game, notwithstanding, there's nothing that sucks more than good young player has best season of his career cut short. Like Delpit earned like a nice heavy feature in a playoff game where like the broadcast was like, you know, it's out of their mind right now. Grant Delpit he was in the best season of his career, Grant Delpit. And he doesn't get that. Like he, he won't get that big national moment. That stinks. So he's not a national name, but Delpit's been playing by far the best ball of his career. Losing the season for him sucks. I hate to see it. Although, you know, I'm team CTC, and at least he was able to CTC. Nothing worse than getting the injury before you CTC. Yeah, at least he CTC and then got right the, in under so, the window. That I'm not saying it doesn't do. suck. I'm not saying the rehab process is grueling for professional athletes. It is. It's a little bit better when, you know, that, that money's coming into the bank account. That's all I'll say. All right. I'm going with a square pick here, uh, Solak. I'm going with the 49ers minus 12 and a half at Arizona. I just think this Niners team is like, we're still not realizing what an offensive juggernaut they are. I was looking up earlier this week, top 10 offensive performances this season by success rate, five by the 49ers, five by the rest of the entire NFL. When these two teams played earlier this season, it was the best offensive performance by success rate for any team in a game this season. They are healthy on offense. They cannot be stopped when they are healthy. Uh, this, this Cardinals defense stinks. They are 31st in defensive DVOA. I feel great about the 49ers scoring over 30 points. Now, you're saying, all right, Shield. Well, there is another side of the ball, and that's true. That's why it's 12 and a half. That's why it makes me nervous. That's why I'm not betting the mortgage on this game is because could Kyler Murray make some plays in this football game? Could the Cardinals offense move the ball? Could they get some turnovers? Could they get some special team stuff? Yes. And that's why it should always make you nervous to take a number this big. Having said that, uh, I still feel good about it. I think they're going to go up and down the field. I think they're going to score 30, 35 points. So you can get me a 35-22 type game. I'm still covering. If it's 35-23, I lose. That's okay. I'll take it. There you go. Uh, this is one where I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, we talked about feeling squirrely about Dolphins, Jets. I'm feeling squirrely about Niners, Cardinals. Okay. I, I, no Eric Armstead at practice. No Javon Hargrave at practice. No Aaron Banks at practice. Traverius Ward is trying to get back for this game. Not guaranteed that he's going to get back for this game. The 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 Drake Greenlaw is expected to play. They're hoping that he's going to be able to go. They're getting a little bit banged up. The Niners are. This Cardinals team is 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 just annoying to deal with. They do weird things on offense, and Kyler Murray's a little jitterbug back there. And you just have to handle a lot with them. And and with the Niners coming off of the weeks that they've had. In the Eagles, in the Seahawks, the Ravens coming next week. There's just this sleepy two touchdown yeah, favorite Cardinals right. You're game. You're probably right. Yeah, I should and it just, it just, you know it, what? It makes me itch. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I think you're right. It still, it makes me itch. 
See, I get that feel. Every game I pick, I have that feeling. I don't feel good about any of them. I'm like, well, but then I think about all the bad things that can happen. But ultimately, you got to make a pick. So I'm going with 49ers minus 12 and a half. All right. What do you have for your third one? All right. I absolutely love Eagles minus three if I know Geno's not playing. I absolutely love. I think he is going to play. I think Pete right. Carroll said he's feeling good about Geno playing. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. he had a full practice. I, I absolutely love Titans minus three if I know that CJ Stroud's not playing and he's got he's in the concussion protocol and they're saying they're trying to get him ready. So I would like whichever one of those lines where the other quarterback doesn't play. That's that, that's my ideal pick. I don't get to do that. <sighs> I'm taking the Eagles minus three on the road against the Seahawks. Uh, okay. This is a good the, the, the Eagles are much better of a team than multiple touchdown losses to two divi- to two conference rivals. They are, right? They're not a, a great team. They're not an elite team. They're not a going back to the Super Bowl, winning the NFC Championship again. You and I have been talking about them on the Philly Special for a long time this season. They haven't been that for much of the season. Well, they are as a team that can dump some points on the Seattle Seahawks, right? Like the Seahawks defensively just have too many weaknesses that I, I like Bobby Wagner in the passing game, in the running game, their, their corner rotation. Like there are just ways to be successful against this team. A.J. Brown remains one of the best. He's had one of the best wide receiver seasons in the league. Like, it's quieted down because he's not doing 125 yards every single season. But I was going through wide receiver metrics the other day. He's still like second in yak over expectation among all receivers this season. Like, he's just an absolute tank. And, and the, the, the Seahawks don't have an answer for that. I wouldn't be surprised if this plays out similarly to the Cowboys game did, where it's like, all right, the Seahawks are, are holding pace offensively. They're going to do it. They're going to knock off a top team. And then by the time you get to the end of the game, like their offensive line just can't hang up, uh, hang, hang, and their defensive uh, backfield can't hang, right? I was thinking the Eagles can run the ball successfully against this unit if they decide to. The Eagles running game has been driving me nuts for the last month or so. Uh, but they offensively, they have so much firepower entering this one. And, and Seattle can get theirs against this secondary. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. But I do think the Eagles can just out, outstrip this team. They can outpace them. And while we haven't seen it in a few weeks because they've been losing, when the Eagles carry a lead into the second half, they do a really nice job sitting on it, right? They've always been successful at eating that clock away. And so I'll take Eagles minus three. If I get Geno, I still like the line. I think it's going to be a little bit of a shootout, but I, I don't mind having the Eagles in, in a potential shootout. If I get Drew Locke, then I'm, 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 I'm home free. So I'll take Eagles minus three on the road against the Seahawks. I like that side. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't like going against Pete Carroll in sort of a desperation spot. You know, they played Eagles well. haven't beaten the Seahawks in 15 years. So yeah. we're really going against it here. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Eagles should have an advantage up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, you mentioned it. I think they'll be able to run the ball. I think they'll be able to move the ball. That Seahawks defense all the way down to, I think, 26th in defensive DVOA. It has just been against good offenses. Um, it has really struggled. So I think Seahawks can move the ball against the Eagles. That's what makes me a little bit nervous. Seahawks at home, Seahawks desperate, but uh, I do like the Eagles on that side. All right, my last one. Here's what I'm debating between. So I did have Rams minus six and a half versus Washington written down. I don't think that's going to be fun because you're, you're taking that one, so I'm going to stay away from it. I did have Falcons minus three at Carolina. Take it. Written Dig down. the Should knife I? deeper into my heart, well, into my chest. Well, They're going to win by 40. <laughs> I, and I actually like the other side of Broncos-Lions with the number plus four and a half. Uh, there on the Saturday night game. I don't love it, but I just thought, you know what? The Broncos play the same game every week where they're just like, right. we're not making mistakes on offense. We're going to muddy this up. And their defense was turnover reliant, has been a little bit better. Fourth in defensive DVOA since week eight. I worry about that Lions uh, defense and think the Broncos can move the football. And uh, Lions have some offensive line injuries as well. So I'm debating Broncos plus four and a half at Detroit 
or Falcons minus three at Carolina? Which, which one should I take? What do you think? Uh, Falcons are going to cover. I promise right, you they're going go. to cover. Let's go. Let's go. Falcons minus three. I mean, if you're getting anybody against the Carolina Panthers, three points or less, you should probably go ahead and take that. So, yes, this, this is a good one for content. If Falcons win this one, I can say so. Like, listen, I know this Falcons team. <laughs> I know I know when they're going to cover. You don't know them. I pick the Falcons. And if they don't, then I can say, so, like, sorry, you know, your, your preseason prediction of the Falcons winning the NFC South. They can't even go to Carolina and beat Bryce Young by three points. So, there you go. That's going to be my pick. Falcons minus three at Carolina. All right. So like, I like this. Like, I see it on your face. This was the right pick for content. I can it's just always see it. playing both sides with you. That's always your goal is to just, just make sure you're on both sides and you, you always come out on top. And I respect <laughs> that about you. Real quick, I do want to ask because this is a, a you move and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Okay. Cowboys Bills is the, that's our, our, our game of the week. We were by both of yeah. us in that game. Now the one of us uh, picked it here for the spread. Do you have a lean? Cowboys, the 10 and 3 Cowboys off a huge win against the Eagles. Dogs! Plus one and a half against the Bills, who a seven and six at home are, are one and a half point favorites. I picked the Bills. I like the Bills. I don't love the Bills. I'm basically, I'm just going to ride with the Bills for the, for the last four weeks, basically. I feel like I like the Bills more than the public likes the Bills. So whatever the line is, I should just take them. I think it's obviously an evenly matched game. I worry about Dak Prescott throwing the football all over Buffalo, but, uh, you know, Cowboys coming off that big win last week. Bills really need this one. Um, like I said, they can still be in the playoff race without winning this one, but uh, I think they have more yep. at stake. So, and I think they're going to be able to run the football against that uh, that Cowboys defense. Uh, the, Bill, the Cowboys have won. The Cowboys have won five in a row. All right, and the last two wins have been long oh, uh, primetime game against the Seahawks, forty-one thirty-five, and then in Philadelphia, or excuse me, home against Philadelphia, beating Philadelphia again in primetime. They get coming up at Buffalo, at Miami, home against Detroit. What a Ooh. stretch of games for these yeah. Dallas Cowboys. The Axeman cometh at some point. There's going to be some game over the next three where Dallas just drops it, right? It is so hard to win. They're going to win. You're talking about they're going to win eight games in a row to end the season. And against these caliber of opponents, I, I, there's going to be a day. <coughs> I'm not positive it's this one. I have that Miami game circled. If Miami's healthy, offensive line's a little bit better, right? They're, they're, they're in Miami. That, that speed gets on top of them. That's the one to me where I'm, I'm very curious to see what that ends up shaking as. I personally, I'm, I would be on Cowboys at plus one and a half. I just think this Bills defense is bad. And I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that even Josh Allen's heroics can keep this thing uh, at, at a point where if I'm getting the Cowboys with, 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 with points, then I like that. But there's going to be a game coming up. And I'm just warning everybody so that way we don't panic on Dallas, where Dallas just totally drops it for four quarters. Because it's so hard to sustain this level of play against these caliber opponents for this long. I agree with that. All right. Give us your recap. What do you have for yes. week 15? Uh, my prop of the week, Matthew Stafford's going to have at least 269 nice passing yards against the Washington Commanders. Uh, my long shot of the week, the Packers are going to win. The Lions are going to win. And the Miami Dolphins are all going to win. It's going to be great. There's going to be no sweat. There's going to be no trouble. Against the spread, I'm taking the Rams minus six and a half against the Commanders. The Bears plus three at the Browns. And the Eagles minus three at Seattle. I've got for my prop, Jake Browning under 240.5 passing yards on Saturday afternoon. Long shot, Puka Nakua over 66 and a half. Rams adjusted line minus two and a half. That gets you to plus 153. And my locks of the week, I got Packers minus three and a half versus Tampa. 49ers minus 12 and a half at Arizona. And the Atlanta Falcons, who would have thunk it? Minus three 
at Carolina. Let's go. I've always been team Desmond Ritter and Arthur Smith all season long. All right. Those are my locks of the week. I love Solak's face. This is going to be such everybody, a fun game to Everybody watch. listening <laughs> at me when the Falcons go up 17 to nothing. <laughs> Thank I, you. To you ben- all must do it. <laughs> Thank you to Benjamin Solak. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing. Thank you to Eduardo Ocampo for his video production. Additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. Next up, Nora and Steven on Dual Threat Sunday night, recapping all of the Week 15 games. Be sure to check that out. Solak and I will be back on Monday night. Thanks to everyone for listening. Have a great weekend, and we will talk to you next week. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts, or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.